Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. You can rent a car, a house, even that little black party dress. So why not rent the stuff you need for your home, too? The place to do it is errands. Choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love, online or in store. Pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But if life changes, you can return it anytime or even upgrade it with something new. Rent what you need. It's better at errands. Approval not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. See store for details. Welcome to the Chase Town Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Rowan. The Cavaliers have found a way to tie this series up at 2-2 in an ugly game. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to uh, describe exactly how I feel, as it was one of those nights where it felt like any time the process was sound, they weren't rewarded with points. And when they just threw up junk, it seemed to work. Uh, Carter Rodriguez is with me to help break everything down. Carter, how are you feeling right now? I'm just so put out right now. I just don't care. <laughs> well, I care, but I'm like just exasperated. Like that's what. <laughs> like I just tweeted this, um, but like my fun per minute uh, stats are just terrible right now. I'm I'm so uninspired like the basketball sucks in this series yeah it's been bad basketball um we can get into that and i'm sure we will very shortly um i felt that there were moments in this game where the Cavs were taking a step in the right direction and then there were moments where it looked like this team had absolutely no idea what it's doing um it I, I guess the encouraging thing is that you know they have at least two more games to try to figure things out. Um, but beyond that, it, it's still so tough to get a read on this series just because of how bad they played. Yeah, everyone sucks. Kevin Love. Matt, what? Kevin Love had what? a breakdown in this game. Like, he, he was just absolutely terrible. Like, the two fouls were brutal i i think the second one was a little bit shaky but then he was just kind of in his own head he was pressing way too much i know that this was an important game it was essentially a must win for the Cavs. um but yeah he did not come out with the poise that was required of him yeah i mean thad young has had a better um series than i think 
I would have expected on the defensive end. I think he's been really good there. He had 16 rebounds tonight. Jeez. Um, yeah. Sorry, I'm just looking over the like the full box score right now. But like love, I mean like I mean favorite possession of the game. He gets an offensive rebound, just gets the ball ripped away from him cleanly by Young, and then walks down the court complaining to the ref while they get a while the Pacers score on a five on four. Yeah, Th- Thad Young has been absolutely sensational. I, I tweeted it during the game, but he's he's living rent rent free in Love's head right now. Um, he's just been bodying him, and the most frustrating part of this game to me was how much success the Cavs were having with a center on the court, whether that be Tristan Thompson uh, or Larry Nance. I think Thompson was a little more effective. Um, he, he actually gave some quality minutes to the team. He's a plus seven in their minutes there. And I found that the pick and roll was really compromising Indiana's defense. It wasn't always rewarded, and they didn't make the sharpest decisions in that. But the way the defense was collapsing, that was opening up other opportunities. And then after it was working, all of a sudden that was just completely abandoned again. And um, at this point, Ty Lue, the the issues are just piling up. And there are justifiable reasons for why a rotation hasn't been figured out, uh, given how much roster turnover has been there. But at the same time, it's at this point it's just a matter of looking at what is working throughout the course of a game and going back to it. Every time that they they seem to gain momentum, that just gets completely abandoned. Yeah, I I don't know, man. As as our good friend Ryan Morton says, the dumbest thing we do on here is talk about coaching because we don't really know what's going on. But like I don't think it I don't think it's that hard to know don't play Jeff Green the an entire quarter. Right, and, but it, it's not even whether or not we have an understanding of the minutia of what's going into a coaching job. It, As I said, it's look at what's been working. Are you going back to it again throughout the course of a game? And the answer so far in the series has been no. Um, I do think it's big that the team got a win here without George Hill because Hill has probably been their third best player in the series. It was great to see Jordan Clarkson get going. He's been the second best. <laughs> okay, good point. Um, yeah, good. Jeez. Yeah, he's probably been their second best player in this. That's, that's a good poll for for the Chase on Twitter. It's just like, who's been the second best? Is it Love? Is it Corver? Is it? It might be Corver. I mean, Corver had a rough start to this game. Games. Yeah, but who hasn't at this point? Yeah, I mean, George Hill had such a bad series. Yeah, Corver might have saved the season though with those corner threes, and then them freaking out so much about him on the next play that he that LeBron was able to waltz straight to the rim one on one against uh, Bogdanovich. Um, Yeah, LeBron's second half once again was terrifying shades of 2010 yeah, um there were st- like 46 minutes today so it's like how much of it is just being getting a little tired and like i don't know oh yeah he was he was exhausted and the fourth quarter was exceptional but there was a stretch in the third quarter which those third quarters have just been kryptonite for the Cavs. they they completely lose their composure um again i i think some of that is on tyron Lue and his rotation management um but 
they gotta they gotta figure that out because they might be able to get away with it against the Pacers. I don't think they're completely out of the woods yet. I don't either. But it, man. but but it's going it's going to burn them in the next round if that, they get there. Doesn't if it they get there, feel like the Cavs don't have home court advantage right now. Um, like it does not, not necessarily feel like a two two series to me, man. Like their two wins have been so uninspiring. Honestly, this feels so much like. 2015 against the Bulls where the Bulls handled the Cavs in game one the Cavs kind of boat raced the Bulls in in game two which is the only difference Um, game three had the Derrick Rose uh, buzzer beater which this game the Cavs missed their buzzer beater in game three and then game four was that LeBron well first David Blatt almost blowing the game and the refs missed that assignment um, and then LeBron hitting a game winner. So you you escape there, and hopefully, hopefully they're go- able to take care of business in Game Five. Because I think if you get that, I feel fairly confident that they would win one of the last two games there. Yeah, I, I guess. How do you? I mean, I'm not okay. Let You're me, being a wet blanket. I am being a wet blanket. But where where's but, the irrational fandom? Come but, on, like bear with me here, and like saying like. I don't know how you can be confident in this team doing anything good or bad. Like, this is such an unknown. And, like, well, maybe it's a known unknown, like, that they're just not that good, so it doesn't matter. Like, I don't know if I'm all the way there on the they're just not that good train, but I'm getting closer and closer every game. But even then, it's so hard to tell because there are so many obvious mistakes being made. Right. That, like, it's like, well, is this a matter of the ceiling of the team? Is it, the, is it that they don't know any plays because they've never played together? Um, is it. I, I is think it that's a rotations? big. I think it, it's the last two. It's a combination of the last two. It, I mean, it's got to be hard to know, not know what your role is going to be on a night to night basis. Um, and that problem gets even bigger when you have little to no familiarity with any of the lineup combinations um which as i said some of that's within the Cavs control some of that isn't um but yeah i I really think it's just a cascading amount of issues that that have given the Cavs as much difficulty as they've had yeah i don't know um I, i think it is tough to diagnose i think that you know if we're looking at things that you know actionable items for the Cavs to improve, I think I'm ready to say, other than, like, short bursts, I want to center on the court at all times. I just do. Yep. I want to Especially see in this series. Especially in the series. As I said, one, it worked offensively. Two, with this weird pairing of bigs with Miles Turner and Thad Young, you just can't have love being the only center out there um both thompson and nance should have the ability to go out there and and hang with turner on the perimeter i don't know if he's going to have as hot of a shooting game as he did in game four again um but i think those guys are able to be a little more disruptive um i think that helps the Cavs on the boards and it puts love in a less vulnerable position defensively. Does anyone have less sure hands than Jeff Green on the defensive boards? I mean, Jesus Christ. And on the offensive boards, like, in the fourth quarter, did he have at least three rebounds that just fell out of his hands? Yeah, th- that sounds about right. How, how do we feel about that last possession there, the the hostile act? 
I think it was closer to a jump ball than Cavs Twitter wanted to admit. But I will also, agree with that. But also, he attacked. <laughs> yeah, the Lance funny the funny thing was man. that it was the funny thing was that it was initially called a foul. Um, I think jump ball may have been the right call in that situation, but hey. It benefited me, so I'm going to put my blinders on. Yeah, I don't know. Overall, Twitter, not just Cavs Twitter, seemed to think it was more jump ball than foul, while also being like, "What the hell are you doing, Lance?" So yeah, in, in those moments, I, I tend to defer to people that don't have as much invested in this. And, and plus, my initial thought was, "Okay, that's that's a jump ball." Like it, it was a little questionable, only because he came over the back, but the way green was holding it was over the back of his head. Um, so he was able to get at the ball first there. Yeah. I mean, for what it's worth, my first instinct was to be like, God damn it, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, I, I was ready to go at Matt Moore for that. <laughs> oh, I think Matt knows what I, I do want to talk about Jeff green here uh, a little bit more. Um, what's so crazy about his playoffs so far is that, he has been good for the Cavs in stretches this season and has done zero of the things that have made him an effective player for the Cavs this season. In these right. Four he he, he absolutely saved, he saved the Cavs at times in this game. Like, he hit some massive timely shots. But as you said, it, his success... he's been good. Yeah, his isolated successes within this game have nothing to do with his successful season or stretches that he's had within the year. Yeah, like, I mean, I haven't seen a baseline cut in months. <laughs> I, yeah, well, I haven't seen that out of anybody. Yeah, man, it's just brutal. And, like, he also. Imagine like, getting easy just, shots for yourself. Yeah, he had also, like, really done a nice job in isolation on defense. Nothing. Like, playing with cement shoes defensively like i know oladipo's fast but he blows by him whenever uh it's like man it's like just go just do what you were doing i'm still a little upset the season i'm a little upset we haven't seen jetty osman yeah i mean i I had a i had a macabre thought uh well not that macabre but like when it was looking like they were gonna lose i was like It'll be fun to see Chet Jetty develop next season as a starter. Yeah, yeah, him, Mikael Bridges, yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, might still be happening. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I will say um, I think the Calderon experiment was fun, and, like, he, he did give nice regular season minutes, but this series is kind of proven, like, oh, yeah, it's the playoffs. It's harder. It's harder. Yeah, in, in, the, playoffs. in the playoffs, you're – your limitations are going to be exposed in a way that just doesn't occur in the regular season as frequently. Yeah, and guys like that, like, I think guys who really just understand the game and have, like, a high uh, internal skill set, like, they kind of can thrive in the regular season when, like, the intensity is a a 6 or a 7. Right. But when it's been at a 9 or 10, he doesn't look quite up to the task. Um but yeah, I don't know, man. I, I I just I don't really know where this team gets better in the next two games and or three games, and maybe it's enough to get them out of the series. But it's like, shit, like, they have to figure some stuff out. Like they have to find Kevin Love somewhere. Like I mean, 
my, thought, my I thought biggest... we were about to get the Jordan Clarkson game, and then it just kind of petered <laughs> out. Well, LeBron was still hugging him after the game, so I think uh, I think he still somewhat trusts Clarkson. Um, I honestly, I, I think the answers start with playing a center, especially when I you agree. look at tonight. The big men absolutely and throughout the series have demolished the Cavs. Like you got Turner, twelve and sixteen, uh, or sorry, uh, Young, twelve and sixteen. Uh, Miles Turner, 17 points. He only had three rebounds, but he destroyed them offensively. Sabonis manhandled them. He had 19 points and, and six boards on nine of 12 shooting. Like it's, That seems to be one of the biggest problems, and I don't understand why they're so married to the idea of Kevin Love starting at the five, especially now that they aren't starting Jeff Green. Um, like To me, that uh, that's what I thought the compromise was. But if Jeff Green's not starting, you, you got to play a center out there um, because it, it just seems like they're, they're putting too much stock in that November run that was fool's gold against bad teams, and they aren't acknowledging the reality of their limitations defensively. Yeah, and it's not even like... I mean, Green's a solid 6'9". Like, Corver Smith... Calderon, Love, and James, like, that's small. That's just small and, like, needlessly small. Like, yeah. I don't think Nance has been great in this series. I think He Tom- has not. I think Thompson looked solid when he got his only seven minutes. Yeah, but Nance did look a little bit better than he has in past games today. Yeah, I just, I don't know, man. Like, I just think... He's that- missing a little bit of, like, the hop. Like, even, yeah. like, the quick reaction. Like, he used to move so well... Um, just laterally and that seems to be lacking since his hamstring injury yeah maybe he just needs the summer to get better who knows um oh that's ideal yeah um (laughs) you know i think that this pacers team is pretty exploitable if you if you have guys diving at the rim Uh, and when you're playing five out like sure like that sounds great but you do put a lot of burden on lebron to just create off of switches and even then like i mean they're doing a nice job on him uh in a way that you know like you don't want to say like bojan bogdanovich is doing a good job on lebron but he is and like yeah no no he he plays solid defense like and they're playing Bog- a bogey's been a very defense, good player uh with, yep and they're not having to help off as much as you'd want to so the five out is not as effective as you'd want it to be and like people that like you know the pace and space people understandably really appreciate the five out look in it and lebron with four shooters has a really strong track record of being really tough but lebron with a dominant role man also has a really strong uh track record of being tough and right and lebron with almost any lineup has a a strong track record like i think you can make anything work and love has been effective in the past alongside a center um i even if you're looking at the advanced numbers like love lebron and nats has worked very well throughout this season i don't i don't think you can just just because tristan put together a few good minutes which did have a few kind of head scratching moments as well i don't think all of a sudden you can say okay he has to be a staple in the rotation out after being completely out of it um but i do think that you need to start nance and then that opens up the possibility of giving tristan little stretches here and there um and as you said in this series 
the the Pacers defense really hasn't had to do a whole lot. Like the no, Cavs a lot of don't standing around. Yeah, like it, the Cavs don't do a lot of things that compromise the defense and, and force them to to kind of scramble. And the pick and roll is one of the few things that has done that. And the, the Cavs have just not put themselves in a position to exploit that advantage in t- on the interior. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't feel like Lou believes in his centers. Um, or what I'm trying to figure out, do you think Tyron Lou doesn't believe in his centers? Or does he not believe in the Cavs' uh, construction of using a center? Man, that... I can't really put myself inside the head of Tyron Lue there. If you had to guess. Um, I I think that he's scrambling to find something that's worked. And love working at center offensively has been one thing that has been a somewhat constant. And with Nance coming back, not looking great after his hamstring injury and most of the season of trying to hope that Tristan starts looking like himself again or, or close to himself. Um, I think he just doesn't have a lot of faith in, in those two at the moment. And he doesn't want to try to integrate something that they haven't been doing throughout the season when they're already just trying to figure out how to play with one another. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I tend to think that I think that he believes in the idea of love at center more than he doesn't believe in Nance and Thompson. Uh, I think he really likes Jeff Green. There's no way around it. Um, yep. And I think he considers love at center a means to an end to get to play guys like Green more. Oh, God. I'm not I, saying he's I, making his entire rotation decision based on Green, but if you believe in the concept and it helps you play the guy you want to play more, well, then that's it. Yeah. Bonus yeah, points, I guess. to some to some extent, I I feel like we've just beaten the the Jeff Green horse to death. Yeah, that's and not what just I was kept trying to do. There. Wailing away on it. How did you feel about Rodney Hood in this game? Because it felt like early on he had an opportunity to kind of seize more minutes with Corver struggling. Uh, he had a couple nice shots um, no, in the first not, quarter. He did not hit a couple nice shots because only made one tonight. Oh no, he hit two. But uh, uh, no, he did not. One of two from the field today, I promise. I am uh, looking at the box score right now. I'm looking at the wrong box score. (laughs) When did that change over? Oh, I have two tabs open. I have Cavs Pacers (laughs) box score from game two, and I have the box score from game four open. That's all right. I don't know why Hood was better um, in stretches. Uh, He just didn't really get a chance to show it because... It seems like it feels like the fact that Lou is willing to play Jeff Green at the three in stretches next to Love and Thompson or Love and Nance, plus the fact that J.R. Smith is currently playing like 36 minutes a game. Plus, Corbett, which to his credit, J.R. has actually been good, especially been defensively. Solid, yeah. Um, but the point is, it's not leaving a lot of room for Hood. Um, in the rotation um, and he hasn't really earned it uh, I thought he was fine today um, yeah I just think he's been fine to um, forgettable like th- that's the like that's how I felt about him today Like he's either like eh, it's not bad or he's out there and very rarely in the series have I gone oh nice hood 
Hood's checkered. Yeah, I think forgettable is the best way to describe him. Um, he hasn't been glaring. Like, his mistakes haven't been massive. Um, but Other he's just failed. Dribbling off his own effing feet. Uh, yeah, those haven't been great. Say. But yeah. Yeah. Overall, yeah. Been, God. You know, it's like, it's so hard to analyze this shit because it's just like, yeah, he's been bad. What about him? He's been bad. <laughs> And, like, not bad in a way that, like, begets a ton of analysis. <laughs> That's what sucks about, like, all these role players sucking. It's like, yeah, he's been bad. Oh, yeah, like, but, like, specifically, how how has he been bad? Oh, well, he's just been bad. Yeah, he, he's just not doing the things that he needs to do to be a productive player. He's not playing you know, good basketball. Bad. bad. <laughs> um, but I think we should talk about JR for a minute because I thought he was really good on Old Depot today. Yep. I would agree with that. He he's been digging in defensively and maybe he was playing the LeBron game of I'm just not going to try on defense during the regular season and I'll turn it on in the playoffs. Um yeah, yeah. maybe JR needs to be in the conversation for the Cavs second best player. Not not that he's been that outstanding, but um I I mean it's a it's a pretty damn low bar to clear. Yeah, right now it is. Um I yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, <laughs> is this falling in the same category of oh, he's been bad? Oh, he's actually been okay. Yeah, he's been okay. I do like the fact that like his hands have been a lot more active on Oladipo. Like, I don't think Oladipo's handle is as tight as you'd want it to be. Like we talked about this in a less in a previous pod. Like maybe it's a six and a half out of ten kind of handle, and like he's really like engaged in that space, like where he's just kind of like. He's not reaching it, but his his hands are active, and he's making Oladipo kind of put the ball where he doesn't want to. And then these hard doubles have really gotten the ball out of his hands. But like I mean, Oladipo, I thought they they've had their best they had their best game on him uh, in the series, and it's oh not, by far, and it's not just his percentages being low, um, like because he 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 hit his threes all right, but like I think they did a good job of not giving him these free runways to the lane. Yeah, he wasn't able to probe in the same way that he was in past games. Like, he, as we said with the Cavs, how they weren't able to compromise the defense. Oladipo wasn't able to do that. Uh, Collison was able to a little bit. Um, Lance Stevenson was able to get his find his way into the paint. But Oladipo, his movement was a little bit restricted on the court. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I didn't feel like, oh, shit, he's walking right to that spot that he wants to walk up to. Um like they they did a nice job taking him away from the spots that he wanted to get to um and i i really do think like if we i don't i think it's more likely that this is the oladipo we're gonna get the rest of the series not like to this extent probably because he had a pretty awful game but games three and four he shot five of 15 and five of 20 games one and two he went 11 of 19 and nine of 18 and it's like yeah that feels I think they figured some stuff out on him and defenders are getting used to the rhythm that he attacks in and the Cavs have so, done a nice job on him for the most part. So that's been the only tangible growth in this series from the Cavs is what you're saying? Yeah, I think that's pretty pretty accurate. I mean, they haven't figured out any way to get Love going or to find him on the move. Uh, they haven't found a way to get anything beyond that flare action for Kyle Korver, which they should just run every play because Kyle Korver never gets tired anyway. 
uh, and it's the only thing that consistently generates a good look um, other than LeBron just going God mode. Um, yeah, I think that's really been the, the greatest example of their growth. I think their scheme has been smarter. But I don't really think it's as much of a scheme thing in the last two games as much as like individually players are stepping up a little more. Yeah, um, which is a lot of which what is, this team needs. And like, yeah, and like part of that is like, you know, like your reaction, I think, when you hear that is to think, oh, the Cavs weren't trying in games one and two. No, I don't think that's what it is. I think what it is is like they now know some of those tricks and some of that rhythm uh, that, you know, that kind of comes when you play a guy over and over and over again. Now, he'll probably make us look like idiots in game five and score like 50 points. But uh, right. Because we have no idea what we're talking about. And may- maybe that's part of the problem. We're, we're sitting here being like, oh, well, our analysis is that the guys that haven't been good need to be better. And <laughs> maybe we we are, aren't seeing much. But, um, yeah, I feel... I, I don't know what to feel with this series. It, it, it's so strange. And, man, there were moments in that game where it just felt like, okay, well, this is the end of all this. Yeah, I really thought, I felt at a couple points that it was like, oh, now it's over. It's over. It was a good, and, it was a good run. And I think that's partly that's blinding. Right now. Yeah, and I think that's partly blinding my analysis of the series. Is Yeah, I think so, you're, too. You're just kind of riding the emotion and trying to hope for the best with the next play rather than really digging in and i'm definitely going to need to watch this game again tomorrow which have fun with that i'm not watching it again yeah that's that's going to be a a bit of an experience but um yeah yeah i I think that that's very true though i think that's something we should talk about is like the weight of that and i think it makes everything I mean, every Cavs win and every Cavs loss has always felt more important than it is. Um, in the Which LeBron is something even Kevin Love era. talked about. Like LeBron or Kevin Love talked about that before the playoffs, that there's the added pressure of LeBron's free agency that they feel. Um, and I'm sure with every single miss, every blown opportunity, um, that adds to the pressure that all the role players are feeling. Um, especially the new guys that aren't just new to the Cavaliers. They're, they're new to the playoffs. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an ugly feeling, and um, it makes it really hard to contextualize anything. You know, like I, every bad stretch or every, every body language expert, quote-unquote, um, in the world is just watching these games and, drawing these huge conclusions and i think we are too um and i think it's really draining man i think that's a big reason why i'm having so little fun beyond the fact that the calves don't look good and have and plus you're good. just not a fun person oh, that's a good point um but yeah it's, it it's it's certainly a burden on this team and on the fan base and it's affecting the way even non-fans are reacting uh perhaps rightfully so uh, but it, in that capacity, I know a lot of people are talking about how this feels like 2010. We've talked about that in stretches. I think that more than anything else is what makes this feel like 2010 is the fact that we feel that everything is assigned a greater weight and importance and feels heavier and worse than it is. Yeah. Uh, 
I mean, it's probably a coping mechanism, but there were stretches in this game where I'm like, okay, I'm ready for that sweet release. I'm re- I'm ready for this to be over. But uh, knowing the Cavs, you, it's going to be a painful ride, but they're they're going to find ways to extend this ride. And and I don't know necessarily how I feel about that. Um, if if we're getting completely bleak, you mentioned how the Cavs have been playing individually, defensively on Oladipo. How much fear is there in your mind of the Cavs' defense turning a little bit more into the Cavs than, than they've been? Like, do you expect JR to continue to play defense like that, or do you think there's going to be a bit of a drop off? Because um, that I don't know if we can consider that a constant yet or a constant variable in this series yeah i don't know it's tough because on one hand you're absolutely right um but on the other hand the pacers offense sucks like they don't have a lot of weapons um i'm i'm just (laughs) so like there's a bit of a gap from how i felt at the beginning of the series where i i don't feel confident saying that i think the Cavs defensively are capable of making anyone look good offensively yeah yeah i'm not saying it can't i mean they look terrible in game one like um defensively uh and they're gonna have stretches where they look terrible but like i'm not like i guess i'm not sure that the pacer i guess all i can say is i'm not 100 percent sure that the pacers will uh go off and like just start torching them which against most opponents i would say yeah this is all bullshit and they're gonna start to torch <laughs> very soon um Josh Eberle just tweeted this, so don't check Twitter. Um, LeBron is first on the team in points with 130. Who would you guess is second, and where do you think they're at? Oh, this sucks. <laughs> um, is it JR? It's actually Love. Okay. And, with, and how many? Uh, do- let's say four games. Let's say what is LeBron at? Uh, 130. Uh, let's say 63. 48. <laughs> oh, my God, Justin. Le- LeBron is number one on the team in assists with 32. Who do you think is number two? This is fucking mean. Um, uh, let's say... Calderon? It's Jeff Green. <laughs> I thought I was going to guess Jeff Green, but I thought it would be an asshole thing to ask. Yeah, he's got eight. You got to be fucking kidding me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was mean. At least rebounds is close. Yeah, at least rebounds is close. LeBron has 47 and Love is 42. Kevin Love put up a 5 and 11 in a (laughs) must-have playoff game. Um, maybe we can hope that a little less pressure will do them some good at home. Yeah, I guess that crowd is going to be so, that's going to be a real tight butthole crowd. Oh yeah. It's, they need to get out to an early lead, uh, to get the crowd into it. Otherwise I I think they are going to be just as nervous as we are. First sign of trouble. You're just gonna, just, you're going to hear a thousand buttholes just slam oh. <laughs> slam shut is the uh pa announcer going to say nobody panic everything is fine again 
not not the best not the best look from uh, Ahmad. I think is the guy's name is. Uh, yeah, that, I don't know a lot of Cavs games, so I don't know. Yeah, so it's Ahmad. Um, yeah, Isn't that his was, last name kind of funny. It's like, uh, isn't it Crump? Crump? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're we're great fans. Um, yeah, that, that, was, that, that was that was an all a, that's an all time low from a uh, in game ops. Although my favorite low point for a playoff game in game ops is when Toronto's horn stopped working. So they just had a guy say horn every time the buzzer was supposed to go off. That's amazing. Five, four, three, two, one, horn. Couldn't you have just gone, eh? Nope. It had to be horn every time. Yeah, uh, yeah I don't know how productive uh, replicating the, the original sound is, or if that's more <laughs> embarrassing. I don't know what the worst, out, worst outcome is. So in that capacity, I sympathize. Now, now that the Cavs have tied everything up at 2-2, even though it's in ugly fashion, reality is they still count just as much as a blowout win would count. Um, do you want to get some jokes in on the Raptors or the Celtics? Um, well, the Celtics, like, this is what's so annoying about the Celtics winning the first two games is now it's like any jokes we make, everyone's like, they shouldn't have even been there. Even though, like, they clearly thought they were going to win the series no matter what after those first two games. So I mean, I'd like, pick Celtics in six. Well, yeah, it's because the Bucks suck ass. Uh, yeah, because the, they're, they're the, the dumbest the, team. Uh, the Spurs, man. Just gritting out a win. Old Manu. That was fun. That was nice yeah. to see. Manu brought me more joy in those 12 minutes than the Cavs have brought me in four games. That's pretty damn sad. Why are you so sad? I just, I'm worn out. I moved this weekend. I'm getting married next Saturday, so I got nothing left in the tank. Oh, yeah, I got everything boxed up in my place moving on Friday and Saturday. Listen, I, 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 I'm more put upon than you, so don't don't try to one-up me. I win. <laughs> I win. I, I don't know. It was, uh, it was a, actually a kind of fun day of games uh, other than Toronto I didn't really watch Toronto Washington because I was busy, but uh, oh man, that was a hilariously bad collapse. Good to know. It it was rough. Well, I mean, Milwaukee almost blew it too. They they did the. I know that the coaches like mic'd up, wired or whatever are always like going to be really limited. But <laughs> Joe Pronti was just killing me. Like his like they cut to him. Like Stevens was like at least being like. Like, you know, we have to, you know, we have to, like, attack in semi-transition or something like that. And Pronti's like, come on, guys. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> uh, Old Rand Paul coaching the, the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm really interested to see how these game fives go for basically every team. Because I, I feel like all of these series are still up in the air. And, um, yeah, like the East is completely wide open. E even the Raptors, who you would figure would be um, by far the best team, the way that they're kind of falling apart and having some of those men mental errors that they've had in past playoff series, all the demons that everybody worried about are, are starting to kind of come to the surface. God, what if the Cavs get to play the 
if the Cavs somehow win this series and then they get to play the eighth seed in the second round. <laughs> that man, I again, I am not going to act confident that they're going to make it out of the series. I think that I'm not that in. confident. I mean, I'm not saying they can't. I think it's probably more. It's more likely that they get out of it than they don't, just because they have home court. I would say so as well. They have the best player in the series. But, like, they've just been such a mess, it's hard to be confident about anything. But, like, if they do, and then they get, like, the the there is no basketball god's justice if they get to play the Wizards. <laughs> and that's the frustrating, and it's somewhat endearing just because I love chaos in basketball. But the Cavs really face no consequences to their BS. No. And what they managed to get away with is just absolutely absurd. Yeah, well, then they might not get away with it this time. <laughs> they may not, but the oh God, it's a mess, man. But it really is a mess. <laughs> and Minnesota is about to uh, tomorrow's. They're just going to tie it up with the Rockets. I'm so bummed that that we didn't get to see Minnesota play the Warriors. I yeah, think that, that would have been, been such a fun series. And, like, I just don't think they have a uh, snowball's chance against Houston. I know they won uh, their last game, but also it was their first home game in, like, 13 years in the playoffs. So, yeah, that game bit three of an is a tough change. Yeah, game three is one of the toughest games to win on the road. Um, and I wasn't, if there was going to be one that Houston dropped, it was going to be that game. And I think from there, uh, they're they're just going to take care of business. I think Pelicans Warriors has a chance of being interesting uh, if Steph misses a game or two. Um, but I still think the Warriors are just going to handle them. And uh, yeah, I have really no I have no idea what to expect with a lot of these series in the East. I think Game Five is basically going to decide the outcome of almost every series that's tied up. Yeah, I mean that it typically does, right? Um, so, <laughs> God, you're an asshole. You're you're right, but you are. No, I wasn't. I wasn't trying to be an asshole that time. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's. I think <laughs> I think we're gonna learn a lot here. Uh, Cavs have until Wednesday, right? Um, I haven't checked that, but that sounds nice because they need George Hill back in a big way. Yeah, uh, I like that. Um, like how aggressive. And to be clear. He shouldn't. He shouldn't play if his back is hurt. But like, I liked how aggressively the Cavs like leaked out stuff about like all the stuff they did to get him healthy, to try to get him healthy, to try to like stem the tide of fans like talking shit about him. Yeah, yeah, they did. And that's uh, James James Herbert just fans work. James Herbert just tweeted: Playoff hero Kyle Korver wrote a sports column for his high school paper. It was called Kyle's Comment. With the comment being spelled with a K. We are relying on a 37-year-old man to be our number Kyle. two. <laughs> and Raptors Kyle. fans know that doesn't normally play out that well. No. Ashton Kutcher looking, dude. Yeah. Yeah. This is the team. Uh, this is what we got. So, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, once again, I guess we'll just wait till the next one and not really learn anything. Yeah, well, I mean, it's worked out pretty well for me in, in real life. Um, yeah, I, I'm i assuming you'll be free for Wednesday after the game. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> I'm getting married, so 
no guarantees that uh, my uh, my soon to be wife won't kill me to, if I run and go pot. So okay, uh, well, Justin, uh, for the listeners, Justin might uh, have a guest host after Wednesday. We'll see. Well, there you go. So um, yeah, um, we have completed four games in the series and don't know a whole lot more than we knew uh, before game one. Um, so that's that's definitely a good thing. This this is all fine. We're fine. It's fine. <laughs> well, we've lost steam uh, as the Cavs do every third quarter, uh, so we might as well wrap this up. Uh, to all our listeners, thanks for your support. Hopefully you guys are surviving this and um, are handling your emotions a little better than Carter and I. Um, but we do appreciate your support. Remember that you can subscribe to the podcast as well as leave a rating and a review. It's the best way to support the show. Um, as well as send us emails, questions, feedback uh, at chasedownpod at gmail.com. So uh, until next time, go catch.